0: for Healthy Talk Radio. Healthy Talk Radio with Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. (gasps) Computers can do that? It's America's longest-running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness.
1: What's taking place here is an alternative approach.
0: Get in on the phone lines now by calling 1-800-307-3002. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray.
1: Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah. Ray. Well, it sounds like an amazing development at the Georgia Institute of Technology. They believe they've developed a tiny sensor, the acoustic microarray chip, that can literally hear cancer, spotting it early at its most curable stage. Intriguing. Well, it's something we have talked about over the years. You can't get the best health care if you don't look at yourself as a whole. So what about what happens inside your mouth? Connecting dentistry with overall health. We have a very special guest joining us today, one of the co-authors with Dr. Tom Levy of looking at the roots of disease connecting dentistry and medicine, Dr. Robert Kulatz joining America's Wellness Doctor, Dr. Jihoon Whitaker, and me right here on Healthy Talk Radio for your medical dental questions right here on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest.
1: Because our mission is to present that healthcare news and views from credible sources that you won't hear anywhere else, America's Wellness Doctor joins us, Julian Whitaker, MD. Dr. Whitaker, hello and welcome.
2: Good morning, Deborah. How are you this morning?
1: Well, and this this is rather fascinating. It it, it echoes what I've heard before that uh, alternative medicine, and of course we can debate whether it should be called that at all, is not just a style of doctoring; it's a lifestyle. Here's the acknowledgement uh, just out that global sales. Of organic cosmetics, $7 billion in the U.S. this year, Dr. Whitaker.
2: That's great. Organic cosmetics. I never would have thought it. Actually, you know, Deborah, I don't like the term alternative medicine. Right. Because alternative medicine is pejorative in the mind of conventional physicians and is undefined in the minds of those who practice it. I like to say we practice good medicine or wellness medicine, only because that is a defined term, particularly good medicine. Um, one of the areas in alternative medicine is is everything in conventional medicine was at one time alternative. I mean, bypass surgery back in the 50s would have been an extremely alternative medical procedure. So alternative has a moving diagnosis. But... um a good medicine, or more precisely, with the term I like, and unfortunately it's a mouthful and people don't understand it, is orthomolecular medicine, right, right. which is precise. It means the use of substances common and essential to the body to treat and prevent disease. This would be using uh, you know, uh, oxygen if, you're dra- if you are um, you know, oxygen deficient, sure. it means water if you're dehydrated, mm-hmm. it means vitamin C, it means folic acid, it means using the elements of life right. to enhance and facilitate life. That's very precise. And that's essentially what we do at Whitaker Wellness and what my colleagues do that claim to be an alternative medicine because alternative medicine is such a moving uh, definition, but orthomolecular medicine will be defined just as precisely a million years from now
1: as it is today. And of course, the, sol- the science is solid. Well, it's uh, science being presented this week in Chicago, the Interscience Conference on Antimicrobial. Agents taking a look at infections, which, of course, claim the lives of all too many in this country, British research, this is intriguing, Dr. Whitaker. They, take, they took a look that earlier this year there was a clean surgical ward in Great Britain that all of a sudden had an unexpected outbreak of uh, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, mm-hmm. MRSA bacteria, in a mm-hmm. number of patients. They tried a number of things in terms of closing sections of the surgical ward, doing de- uh, 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 decontamination methods, and what they found was the most effective was aerosolized hydrogen peroxide. They found was 100% effective in countering MRSA environmental contamination.
2: So they would put hydrogen peroxide in an aerosol. Right. Interesting.
1: And and they used a hot plate to create a vapor using 30% hydrogen peroxide. Found, that's
2: fascinating.
1: It was the only thing that worked, which, of course, speaks to that cost-effective approach. It
2: <laughs> also speaks to, you know, essentially using natural substances or orthomec- orthomolecular substances. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, you have, uh, that's fascinating. Uh, I remember, Deborah when I was, in, I was in medical school from 1966 to 1970. And this was at the kind of the tail end of the antibiotic uh, discovery and utilization. And it was being bantered about at that time that you should never go into infectious disease as a specialty because we've already conquered it. (laughs) And today it becomes one of the most uh, uh, devastating and resistant uh, forms of disease that we have because we've created um, uh, diseases with our methods of conquering them with the antibiotics. So, uh, infectious disease is alive and well as a medical specialty. Hey,
1: okay. the Centers for Disease Control is, is now using a figure that I just found staggering 100,000 amputations each year in this country, Dr. Whitaker.
2: 100,000 amputations, that's primarily from right. uh, diabetes, I'm absolutely. sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yes. And, um, and if you look at the, at the amputations, it's generally it generally starts with a, an ulcerative lesion on the ankle or the lower part of the leg that they cannot cure. Mm-hmm. And then they lie in the hospital and they get intravenous antibiotics. And, Deborah, they never work. Right, right. And then three weeks into the hospitalization, they say, well, it's not going to cure with these antibiotics. We're going to cut your leg off. And it's gone. And we've had, uh, you know, about 15 years ago, a patient was lying in bed, scheduled for an amputation 3 o'clock that day. He'd read the book, Reversing Diabetes, called, checked out of the hospital, came to our clinic. Um, We used sugar dressings on the wound and chelation therapy. And in three weeks, his wound was healed. And he went on to live the rest of his life with a nice, warm... A well perfused leg, simply because we use the effective ways to cure the indolent, non-healing ulcer. And um, of course, uh, Dr. Knutson, you know the orthopedic that we've uh, uh, talked with. I think we've had him on the air uh, talking about the use of sugar in, on topically, on top of the wounds for diabetics and others. You know, dramatic results in healing because it sterilizes the wound in an osmotic way. And uh, I have watched for almost 25 years patients, you know, truck into uh, our clinic with these horrible, unhealing wounds that can be healed right. with the use of the topical sugar, in, uh, chelation therapy, hyperbaric oxygen. And we could cut down substantially on this uh, on these uh, amputation rates
1: absolutely what's well, today 's Journal of the American Medical Association a call thanks to the American Medical Association and the American Nurses Association. Apparently, the two of them together have contacted the Food and Drug Administration, um, acting on a warning that dates back to two thousand and two that the soft plastic catheters and tubing, of course, which are all too widespread, particularly um, with premature infants, contain DEHP, which is a phthalate. And uh, they are very concerned about the reproductive health of the male babies uh, because of this exposure to, to this toxic plasticizer of polyvinyl chloride that is widespread in hospital use, Dr. Williams. And
2: in the plastic tubing itself. Right, right. Well, what's going to be the solution for that?
1: Apparently, uh, Europe has already banned this, that there are other alternatives uh, that don't make the use of these phthalates to uh, to soften plastic in in, uh, medicinal uh, surroundings.
2: Good for Europe. Why don't we just do what they did?
1: Exactly. Well, California voted on it two weeks ago.
2: (laughs) Good for California.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this is pretty interesting. They took a look at children with asthma and allergy. And, of course, you and I spoke about this yesterday with the author, uh, one of your colleagues, of a a really cool book about allergy and asthma, autism, and attention deficit.
2: Uh, Dr. Bach.
1: Absolutely. And what Mm -hmm. they found is a diet rich in fish and vegetables that particularly focused on tomatoes and cucumbers, a protective effect against childhood asthma and allergy, According to a published study in the current Pediatric Allergy Immunology Journal, Doctor Whitaker.
2: And this is a conventional um, um, peer-reviewed journal.
1: Absolutely.
2: And um, and the problem with with information which you and I and all of we bring out all the time, it comes from the peer-reviewed medical journals. Yet the utilization of the information by the more conventional physicians is. Underutilized. It's just ignored most of the time. Because I bet the presence of this article will not stimulate any pediatrician to actually implement the increased uh, ingestion of cucumbers and tomatoes in their patients exactly. that have asthma.
1: Absolutely. You know,
2: because they get they get uh, you know, tied in to the drugs and the inhalers. And well,
1: that thought, we're going to be back uh, talking about dental and overall health.
0: If your mercury fillings are receiving alien transmissions, then you really need healthy talk radio with Deborah Ray.
1: Well, it's an important issue that many of us get personally. I know Dr. Whitaker does. Uh, I do as well. And we have the opportunity with America's Wellness Doctor, have a very special guest to join us today. He is the co-author, along with Dr. Tom Levy, of a very important book, a must-read book for all of us. The Roots of Disease, Connecting Dentistry and Medicine. He's a dentist, Dr. Robert Kulatz, who joins Dr. Whitaker and me here today. Hello and welcome,
3: Dr. Kulatz. Hello, Deborah and Dr. Whittaker. Hello, be here. Dr. Kulak. How are you this morning? I am great, sir. How are you?
2: I am fine. So glad to have you on our show.
3: Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Mm-hmm.
1: So with the news today out of Great Britain, uh, Dr. Kulak's tooth loss in elderly linked to mental impairment. Give us an overview because there's been a decided mindset shift that what goes on inside that person's mouth affects the rest of their body. What is the re- recent research telling us?
3: Well, one of the things uh, that um, I always would tell uh, patients and and, uh, anybody would ask is that I would never find people, uh, elderly people, who had poor oral hygiene. There are exceptions, of course, but generally speaking, either they had no teeth or they had good teeth. And you wouldn't find people living up in their, you know, their 80s and et cetera, who had poor oral hygiene. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at inflammation and infection, and that's where I think uh, we probably want to focus today, that inflammation and infection has been implicated in so many systemic disease processes, and to exclude... Inflammation and infe- uh, an infection uh, in the oral cavity, as part of an integral, overall, systemic, or, or uh, total body health, uh, uh, you know, paradigm, uh, would be mistaken. And you know, there is so much that we don't know, but what we do know is that inflammation and infection, wherever it may be, uh, is detrimental and can cause many disease factors from cardiovascular disease to, uh, to cancer, to diabetes, etc. And going back to uh, the mental uh, illness uh, situation as you brought up, this was known back in 1920. Dr. Cotton wrote a uh, book on mental disorders from oral infections.
2: You know, Dr. Kulis, I'm fascinated with the fact that in conventional medicine, If there was an indolent infection in the bones of the large toe, it would create a tremendous amount of interest on how to cure it, how to eliminate it, even to the point of removing it. Yet you can have indolent infections in the bony processes of the jaw from root canals in the teeth, which generate no interest in their overriding effects upon the person's health. So there's a disconnect. When it comes to looking at pathology, obvious pathology, in the mouth as it relates to the general health and obvious pathology in bones outside of the mouth that relate to general health. So this disconnect is what needs to be connected again.
3: I agree 100%. And and that's what I've been uh, talking about for years, that dentistry has to become a part of medicine uh, physicians have to know about dentistry, and dentists have to know about medicine. And to uh, exclude, you know, the dental uh, aspect, the oral cavity, in a differential diagnosis or part of your your workup uh, on a patient uh, is, t- is saying, well, you know, the mouth is not part of the body. Well, that's it's absurd. Uh, we 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 both know that that's that's crazy. And you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, it, it, there is a disconnect that has to be addressed. And when I show people, you know, having done this for a long time and taking out infections, infected root canal teeth, infected bone, and, and showing it to the patient and saying, would you put that in your leg bone? Or would a physician, orthopedic surgeon, leave that chronic infection in the leg bone the answer of
2: course is no let me Uh, ask you let me ask you a question about root canals specifically because number one they're very common Mm -hmm. number two they reduce the symptomatology of infection in a tooth because the nerve endings are, are have been destroyed so you don't have pain um is there a place for root canals in dentistry
3: good question uh the, the first aspect of of, of your comment, uh, the root canal does eliminate pain because you're taking out the nerve of the tooth, and you may go from an acute situation where you have uh, you know pain caused by uh, an acute or immediate uh, infection to more of a chronic, long-standing infection, uh, which you don't see on an X-ray. You may not have any symptoms. Um, there may be a place for uh, root canals in teeth that don't already have uh, a active infection or the nerve has died and the infection has traveled down that hollow tube, that, that nerve chamber that goes into the bone. That's the key. The infection can travel down that tube into the surrounding bone and set up a chronic infection in the jawbone.
2: Now, now, that would be a reason to have a root canal.
3: That would be a reason to not have a root canal. Remove that tooth and remove that infection. The okay, well, this, this is the question. Canal.
2: Let me let me rephrase it again. You know, I'm beginning to think that uh, if you have a reason for a root canal, for mm-hmm. instance, pain, you know, cavities, uh, whatever, whatever the reason for the root canal, mm-hmm. I think... Beginning to think, and I'm not a dentist now, and I'm uh, and I'm asking you your opinion. I'm thinking you'd be better off just pulling the tooth. Absolutely. What do you think?
3: I I, choose- I agree, and that's what and I I believe that once you have an infection in that tooth, uh, it should be removed. And the reason is that you can never sterilize that tooth. Uh, you dentists have been taught, and they've recently changed their description on the American Dental Association website that uh, you cannot sterilize the the tooth because the tooth is a porous structure and also the infection goes into the surrounding bone. But there may be an indication where let's say uh, a cavity has not quite invaded the uh, normally sterile inside pulp tissue of the tooth. Mm-hmm. But when a... Uh, you know, a cavity is drilled out or a new filling is replaced, and the pulp chamber or that pulp tissue is violated. Well, there are only one or one uh, uh, or two uh, different treatment options. One is root canal. Uh, two is extraction. Now, if the infection has not gotten into that nerve tissue and is not permeated that sponge-like tooth structure and does not traveled down and set up shop in the surrounding bone, well, then maybe a root canal may be okay for a, a, a short time. Uh, long-term, no, because the bacteria will eventually invade that tooth and there will be a problem. But for a short time, that root canal uh, may not be uh, may not uh, show detrimental harm uh, on the systemic uh, disease process in a patient, and the patient may do okay. Well, with then, the wait, the then
2: this, begs, this begs the question. Um, I, for, let me give you my personal experience. I've had about three or four root canals all of those teeth are gone now. I had the root canals, you know, a decade ago or something like that. We now have removed them because of the infection and just the things that you've said, and my back pain has gotten better. I feel better. Um, The question is, root canal, like many procedures in surgery, could possibly be better off not done. And... To uh, remove the tooth would be like removing the source of infection anywhere and replacing it with, you know, a, a single metal implant or whatever implant that you can to give you the, the chewing capacity in the mouth.
1: Hold that thought, Dr. Whitaker. Okay. We'll be back with more linking dentistry and overall health on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: The information on Healthy Talk Radio may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. Now, here's Julian Whitaker, MD, America's wellness doctor, and Deborah Ray, America's first lady of health.
1: An important topic to each and every one of us the link between dental and overall health with a very special guest a dentist and author, Dr. Robert Kulatz, K-U-L-A-C-Z who joins us today the author of The Roots of Disease Connecting Dentistry and Medicine uh, with, uh, with Dr. Tom Levy, a cardiologist uh, you know, making the case now that we've gone from some 11 to 23 million root canals each year in this country you know, what do we know about long term inflammation and infection, we're in the midst of Very important conversation. We're going to put it on hold for just a moment because we've had a caller who's been most patient. We'll come back to that conversation. Say hello and welcome to Janice. You're on the air with Dr. Whitaker and uh, Dr. Kulatz. And just so you know, uh, Dr. Whitaker, she's an avid uh, subscriber to your newsletter. She presented a dental question to me via email, and I suggested that she join us today on the air.
2: Very good. Good morning, Janice.
4: Uh, Good morning, Dr. Whitaker and doctors. Thank you very much for your time and patience. Um, My question, uh, well, I've been listening uh, uh, to this. what what has already transpired here, and it's of great interest to me. Since I have had only two root canals in my life, I am 70 years old, and I have suffered uh, tremendously with facial pain and TMJ pain and uh, have had uh, two um, surgeries. One in eighty-two and eighty-six, which was the proplast implant, which was recalled by the FDA, and then mm -hmm. um, and then um, redone. Now, going back, it's all coming back to me now with regard to the root canals, because prior to my surgery in eighty-six, in eighty-two, I had was going to a prosthodontist uh, who who did. Uh, tomograms and decided that I needed um, uh, to have a non-surgical approach to my problem. And he did six um, crowns on the rear, I I don't know what the numbers are, but the numbers are the six Mm -hmm. of the back teeth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prior to that, when I was 22, I guess, I had had uh, four wisdom teeth, impacted wisdom teeth removed, and there was a complication, and uh, it, I remember being in a tremendous pain afterwards, and they had, on the left side, had a difficult time removing that last tooth. And from there on, I had a, then had a dentist who put a, a filling to, that was too high, and instead of taking it down, I was starting to brux. Mm-hmm. And he never did anything about it. Well, then, uh, in a, by the time I got to 1982, I was in such pain that I went to a general surgeon and asked them to cut the nerves in my face because I thought I had trigeminal neuralgia. Mm. And they refused. And uh, so this prosthodontist did the six crowns. And um, the pain was so bad. Uh, then I had the TMJ surgery, and the pain was worse. And uh, at at some point in time, well, what had happened was whenever they did the crowns, uh, they didn't realize that I had bone cysts and spurs into the left uh, TMJ joint, and um, I couldn't open my mouth and close my mouth, so I was not able to um, floss and to clean as I should, and I ended up with a periodontal disease.
3: Right, James, yeah. Let me
4: let, let me
2: let me throw the uh, the uh, questions back over to Dr. Kulak. I think okay. we've got a lot of information to go on. Right. And Dr. Kulak, what what would be your opinion of what she should do now?
3: Well, the the, the first uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that the TMJ may have been uh, triggered by infection, and that has been reported recently mm-hmm. that TMJ. Uh, may be, uh, infectious in origin. Now, there are other causes of TMJ, uh, you uh, know, loss of teeth, trauma, etc. But do uh, you mention your extraction of your wisdom tooth and the problems? That may have started your problem. Uh, that could have been
4: what the surgeons determined, but because there was so much damage, was that it was probably caused by, um, child abuse when I used to be beat across the face and thrown across the room, picked up by my throat and thrown, thrown across the room right, by well, my father. Too, like,
2: What should she do now?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, no. Look, can I just say one thing here, and that is that uh, at some point I had a root canal on that last tooth on the left-hand side, not that the, because there was an infection, but I was just in so much pain. It That super erupted out of the socket, and I eventually lost that tooth.
2: Mm-hmm. Now my that's question a good thing. is that's a, Janice, Janice the
4: hyperbaric
2: Janice. Yes. That's a good thing.
4: Uh huh. Yes, okay. it is a good thing.
3: And well, I think to
4: ever have another root canal again because on the left side underneath a gold crown, just recently I lost that gold crown with a, because of a hole being in it, and when my dentist went into that tooth, he discovered that in that root canal on the right side. There was still impact. Uh, there was still cotton impacted into that tooth.
2: All right, Janice, listen, I'm going to throw please. this over to the dentist because we got yeah. way right. more information than we need for yeah. him That's to make fine. a suggestion. We cannot do dental procedures over the radio. No,
4: no, no. I don't expect
3: you to.
2: Okay, what do you think? Don? This
3: is a very complex uh, case, Janice. Uh, I First, I would have all the infections removed, which you've already started to do, the root canal teeth, which are always going to be infected, Mm -hmm. uh, and to be sure that the surrounding bone is properly uh, cleared out because the infection, even though the tooth is gone, Mm -hmm. can remain in the bone. Right. Uh, That has to be cleared away. Then I would see a TMJ specialist who may image the TM joint to see the proper location of how that jaw joint the top of your, what's uh, uh, called the condyle, is I've lined up with the skull, mm-hmm. uh, and you know with spurs, etc. Uh, you you may have permanent, you know, permanent damage, mm-hmm. and limit, it may have all been caused by, you know, like you say, even the, the child abuse. Mm-hmm. Then the subsequent dental procedures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to diagnose it without having all the information right. will be pretty much impossible.
2: But okay. let me ask you this, Doc, on, on her case. If she has this uh, root canal, she has this infection, and she removes the tooth, Mm-hmm. Isn't that going to generally solve the problem because once the tooth is out and the seeding is gone, the body can, most of the time, not all the time, take care of the residual infection, or is there some other procedure that she's going to need to perhaps address infection in the jawbone if it does exist?
3: Great question. Uh, many times the body, if the infection is not walled off with a cyst or a granuloma, which mm-hmm. is a little pocket uh, of infection in the jawbone, and you have good blood perfusion, the body will take care of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it will not. Sometimes that infection will remain. In fact, just last week I had a patient uh, email me who had uh, two root canal teeth on the upper uh, right side for two and a half years, had fever of unknown origin for uh Fever ran about 99 and change, had an elevated white cell count. Nobody could figure out what was wrong. Mm -hmm. Had the root canal teeth extracted, as you mentioned, removing the source. problem was it didn't remove the infection that was in the bone. Mm -hmm. She finally found an oral surgeon uh, who who would go in and clear out the bone. Mm -hmm. turned out that when the biopsy was done at Johns Hopkins, the biopsy of the bone tissue came back lymphoma, cancer.
4: Okay. Yeah, I don't have any of that.
3: No. What I'm saying to you is that it's, it's, it's a complex issue. Right. It's a complex issue, and, uh, you know, until we get dentists to understand that there is this, uh, you know, medical link to their procedures, right. uh, you may run from dentist to dentist who are going to be doing crowns here, Grounds there, extractions here, extractions there, and not getting to the real root of the problem. You need a dentist who's going to give you a complete workup who understands medicine Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, evaluate you and hopefully treat you. Mm -hmm. Good.
2: Good. Thank you so much for calling, Janice. Listen, call us back. Let us know how you're doing because we'd be very well. You, somebody interested in your
4: needs projects. to read my email <laughs> because it, it
3: describes. It has what been, I've been forwarded
4: reading. on. Absolutely, Janice. Yeah, I'm going to,
3: I'm going to get to it. I have a Janice. Because I've good. had a chance to get to it, and I'll, I will get to you. I try to get to every single one of them, Janice. And I will best. get to yours.
2: And Janice, listen to the, listen to this. You might want to uh, follow up on some referrals to some dentists that are more aware of this situation. It sounds like you got two problems. The first problem is the is the joint in the uh, TMJ and also the teeth. And the second problem is your dental care. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you've got, a multi- you've got two problems here, and you need to at least eliminate one of them by going to dentists who have an awareness of the importance of eliminating localized infections in mm-hmm. root canals and, and the jaw as mm-hmm. a problem down the line. Because if you have this information and you keep going to dentists who ignore it, you cannot expect to get better. Right. Okay? Call us That's back with the results.
3: Point. That's a My great point. One, one comment here, too, Dr. Whitaker. You know, having this dentist do this root canal on this tooth because you had pain without really knowing why they were doing the root canal is an indication, find somebody else. Right. Well, that was
4: 30 years, 20 years
3: ago. So.
4: All okay.
2: Right, All the Call okay, us back, Janice. We're very interested in your progress, okay? Thank you, Janice.
1: An open phone line to invite you to join us at 1-800-307-3002. But to, to return to your point, uh, uh, Dr. Whitaker, and, and that is, you know, what do you do? How do, how do you know what your options are when you're, when you're facing a root canal in terms of uh, overall health and certainly long-term health?
2: Well, Debra, let me just point out. I'm, I'm a very simple individual. I like simple solutions. And as Dr. Kulex has mentioned, and as I'm now well aware of, a root canal is at best a temporary or temporizing procedure. Ultimately, it is likely to break down and cause problems that are constant. My feeling would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, is that if you cannot uh, take care of the tooth without a root canal, I think that... In my opinion, if I had to go back and do it, I would take the tooth out. Is that, that is exactly an unreasonable option? That's my opinion. Excuse me?
3: That's exactly my opinion also.
2: So, you know, it's like that's the simple thing. And, and I was just like everyone else, you know, wanting to save the tooth, you know, and you don't save the tooth. But it, it ultimately backfires on you down the line because following the root canal, and this I know, you can have all kinds of things going on in that tooth, and it ain't going to hurt. That's right. And pain is your indication of a problem, but you eliminate that pain with the root canal, and then indolent infection you know, is going to set in, it's going to seed the system, it's going to be a cause of systemic disease, and everybody's going to be running around chasing their tail trying to find out what's happening when it's one of the root canals up in one of the molars.
3: A hundred percent. I agree with you, and, and, and my feeling is exactly the same as yours. And nowhere in medicine would you leave a infected uh, body part, such as a, as a root canal tooth, in the body. You mentioned earlier about, you know, medicine would be all over uh, a problem, an infection in a toe or uh, a finger, as uh, similar to the infection caused by root canal teeth. Yet we we ignore this, yes. and it's a it's a big flaw in dentistry, uh, and and being missed by most practitioners thank God for you that you you're on top of this uh, well
2: I'm on top of it because I had to go through it
3: <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the bottom line is that uh, you know we want to sum it up and, and you, you said you know, your simplicity is uh, is your focus the bottom line is the root canal is a flawed procedure it's a flawed procedure the the, the premise uh, of what a root canal, uh, what the ADA presents, uh, that it will eliminate uh, infection and save the tooth and have no systemic or body implications, is flawed. It's wrong.
2: Well, the, the other area that is, is, to me, even more, uh, makes it even more of a flaw and more of a liability is that it eliminates the body's experience of pain to let you know something's happening. Because when you have a root canal, you can have this infection, and it doesn't bother you. And infection is generally uh, stimulating the body to react in pain so that you do something. Mm -hmm. And the root canal, you know, blinds you to a, a very serious condition in the mouth. That can only be solved by eliminating the tooth and the infection at the same time and uh, compensating for it with, you know, with single metal titanium or whatever, uh, you know, um, implants that are necessary.
3: Zirconium, et uh, and, and I bring up an important point. When the extraction of a root canal tooth or an infected tooth is done, it's important that the dentist or surgeon or whoever is extracting this tooth uh, eliminate the diseased bone that may be uh, the area where you're going to be placing the implant in the future. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to put an implant into a chronically infected uh, bone.
2: Very right. good point. Let me ask you this, Doc. Um, if you remove the uh, root canal, and this is, we talked about this earlier, doesn't the body generate healing aspect that can now get at and remove some of the infection by itself. Because the root canal, as I look at it, is a safe haven for the infection in the bacteria.
1: Back with Dr. Kulot's answer. We're talking about the links between dental and oral health. Dr. Julian Whitaker, Dr. Robert Kulot's joining us on Healthy Talk Radio.
0: Healthy Talk Radio, where we're changing health care one idea at a time. Now, here's Dr. Whitaker and Deborah Ray.
1: America's Wellness Doctor, joined by Dr. Robert Kulatz, dentist, one of the authors of The Roots of Disease Connecting Dentistry and Medicine, here to discuss links between dental and oral health. And uh, didn't want to cut your answer short, Dr. Kulatz.
2: <laughs> well, Dr. Well, before you answer this, uh, where can we get your book? Uh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com. And give us the title of that book again.
3: The Roots of Disease, Connecting Dentistry and Medicine. And you
2: co-wrote this book with Dr. Tom Levy. A, a Correct. I wanted to have a
3: physician and a yeah. dentist on the same
2: page. Yeah, I have a great deal of respect for Dr. Levy. We've had him on the show several times, and I've consulted with him numerous times in the past. So this yeah, is bright a great guy and a nice guy. Absolutely. Now, um, we've talked a lot about root canals. I want to... Move the shift. The question: How about dental hygiene? Let me give you some things that I have in a short period of time, and you comment on. Sonicare toothbrush. What do you think?
3: Good. Okay. Very good toothbrush. Uh, The bristles vibrate high frequency. They disrupt the biofilm. They also uh, break up uh, the bacterial cell wall. Uh, a, A very good product if used. Properly, and you, the critical absolute? thing is to have a patient instructed in the in the proper use, and it's very effective.
2: All right, now how about using what I'm doing now? This is kind of personal. I, I take some vitamin C, put it in my mouth, turn it to a liquid with saliva, and then Sonicare. What do you think? Good idea. Okay. Good
3: idea. Vi- you know, vitamin C. Uh, it, uh, scurvy, for example. Uh, we know. Uh, it's the gums. Lack of vitamin C. Right. Uh, causes problems, bleeding gums, uh, vitamin C's antibacterial. Vitamin C is uh, deficient in uh, gum tissue and gum disease. Mm-hmm. Good idea.
2: And how about xylitol? I know there's a lot of work on xylitol showing that it will kill the bacteria in the gums that cause a periodontal disease. What do you think? It's,
3: that's yeah, that's a, another another good idea. I'll, you know, along with things like green tea and uh, yeah, I've read about uh, that. Yeah. The, okay. Those all these things are all good to help uh, maintain the proper balance of good-to-bad bacteria in the mouth.
2: And I want—I I would guess you would suggest a final word would be, uh, a bad tooth out is much better than a bad tooth in, correct?
3: A bad tooth out is definitively <laughs> much, much better. <laughs> and taken out properly, let me just be real brief on this. The When the tooth is removed, it's very critical that the ligament or the surrounding soft tissue holding that tooth in and the layer of bone that holds that tooth in, that's it's only there for one function, to hold the tooth in the socket. Okay. And if that is not removed, the body sometimes will not resorb that. All right. Will not take it away. Just doctor, just thank you get a chronic infection.
2: Thank you so much. You've been very helpful to me and our listeners, and we will have you back soon.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Pleasure to
1: be there. Our thanks to Dr. Whitaker, our thanks to Dr. Kulot, our thanks to you and Deborah reminding you, live long, stay healthy.